I'm really excited about this. Tonight, can I move? Is that okay? I'll make sure I'm not big. Um, tonight, this is what's really key. Listen, each of you need to hear this. In fact, this is so crucial that if you get this, your life will be changed. And not just, wow, I'm changed and more empowered, but I'm talking about you're never gonna be alone again. You're never not gonna have the answer. You're never gonna wonder what to do next. This is clarity. This is the stuff you've been waiting for. This is the what's gonna happen next in my life moment. This is what this is. And so this is really crucial that we get this And more than me wanting you to get this, I believe the Holy Spirit wants you to get this. Like all tonight, like he's just like going, come on, Havala, show them, you know, just if they could just get this, you know, get yourself out of the way and let me speak because I really want them to know about me. But he talks about it in this. He says in verse 16 of chapter 14, it says, and I will pray to the Father and he shall give you another comforter. If you have your Bible, I want you to underline the word another. This is a very key component to this verse because when you look at another comforter, Uh, I think it's interesting Jesus said, I will give you another comforter, which means that he was a comforter. Many of us don't think of Jesus as the comforter, but he was the comforter on earth. He lived as a comforter to his people. And I want you to underline that. And it says that you may abide with you, that I may abide with you forever, even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it sees him not, neither knows him. But listen, listen, but you know him for he dwells with you and shall be with you. So I think about this scripture and we look at that another helper and when you look at the word another helper, it can be translated in two uh, words, two uh, Greek words. And if you study the Greek, you'll learn this. Greek word, if you study the Greek, you cannot translate the Bible word for word. Did you know that? So what you're reading in the word is not word for word. There's no possible way to say Another is this Greek word. Usually Greek words have concepts. There's meanings behind it. That's why when we study the Bible, we can't just, many of us, we just study the word and we're bored. Why? Because you don't really get the feel of it. It's not like you're getting the sense. And so it's important that we get into the word. One of my favorite websites is blueletterbible.org, blb.org. It's fantastic. And it gives you all, if you want to go in there and look at the Bible, I, I just tell you, you'll never be hungry for the word again if you can actually find out what's going on in it. But if you look at that word, there's two possible meanings. And one of the words it could possibly mean is heteros. Heteros means a completely opposite thing. It's, it means the complete opposite. And, um, and so that's kind of where we get the word, well, it is where we get the word heterosexual, right? So you're opposite sex. You're a male, you're a female, you're completely opposite. So you could translate that word, another comforter, as a completely opposite. So if that's how it was translated, as a completely different or a completely different kind, it would translate like this. And I will ask the father and he will give you a helper of a totally different kind. He won't sound like me. He won't act like me. He'll be nothing like me. He'll be a comforter of a totally different kind. Now, is that what Jesus is saying? You're going to get a comforter. He's not going to look like me, act like me. You're going to have to relearn me again. And he's going to live within you. No, the second word that you can translate it in the real word is allos. And that word allos means the identical kind. It's the exact same kind. Now, listen, I'm an identical twin. I have an identical twin sister. I'm left-handed, she's right-handed. I'm cute, she's, no, I'm kidding. Okay, she's, I'm totally kidding. Wish she was here. Um, she, we are very, very similar. I mean, our kids get us mixed up. Our first babies were nine days apart. Our third, second babies were three weeks apart. Our third babies are three months apart. She's not pregnant currently and trying to lose weight, so no one thinks she is. And um, 
But you know, she, we are very, very similar. While our kids get us mixed up, they'll run up to us. Our husbands get us mixed up. It's very messy. And um, I've had some serious hugs from Daniel, Deborah's husband. I always tease him. That was an amazing hug. And um, we'll just leave it at that. And, um, but we're very, very similar. And so we're so similar. How many of you have a best friend or a brother or someone that when you're around them, it's like you end up doing the same thing they do? Like my sister and I, we'll buy the same thing. We'll walk into a place and we'll have the same shirt on, right? And we'll, we'll buy things for our homes and it's the same exact thing. And we freak ourselves out. Like, where'd you get that? That's unbelievable. You saw me. No, I didn't see you. Uh, we'll call up our mom and within moments of each other and say the exact same thing about what news we heard or something. And so we're very similar. In fact, we're so similar and most identical twins will do this. We finish each other's sentences all the time and we don't even notice it. It doesn't seem rude. I could say, you know, I was just thinking, and she could just pop right in, and i go, yeah, that's probably what I was going to say. <laughs> I'm like, that's cool. And Deborah's so similar that there's many times I don't have to even say my own opinion. When she's talking, I go, you know, that's me. That's pretty much me. I don't think I could add much to that. We're allos. We're similar. We're identical. Well, this is what Jesus is saying about the Holy Spirit. Jesus is saying, listen, I'm about to send a spirit and this spirit is not heteros. It's not opposite. It's not like you have to relearn it. You have to worry about it. You're wondering. No, no. I have a spirit that's about to enter into your spirit, into your body. And that spirit is allos with me. It's like alloys. Like we literally, everything I do, everything I say, everything I am is exactly this spirit. In fact, if you looked at the word, it would almost be translated like, like this. And I will ask the Father and he will give you another helper of a completely identical kind. He won't sound like me or act like me, but he will be everything like me. I mean, he'll sound like me, he'll act like me, he'll be everything like me. He'll be a comforter of the very same kind. If you have the Holy Spirit, listen, if you have the Holy Spirit, it is almost like having me. He and I are allos, identical in every way. And so we look at that Another comforter is that allos, allos reality to us. And the, the second part of that comforter, and this is another key component, because I, I want to get somewhere tonight. I want you guys to feel empowered. I want to give you the truth of the word, not just what I think, but what the word really meant, because I think you guys are hungry for that. My generation seems, and the generation after me, seems to want a little bit more to what's going on, and so that's what I'm hoping to give you. But you look at the comforter, and that word is uh, uh, perkaleo, perkaleo, and that word is a relational word. So it's interesting that when Jesus sits down with his disciples, the first thing he tells them is, listen, I'm going to send someone, and I want you to know they're relational. How many of you have won Isn't that cool? Like, God wanted you to know that the Holy Spirit is not just a God out there. He's a relational being. He wants to hang out with you. He wants to talk to you. He wants to, to be with you. He wants to partner with you. He wants to, to move with you in everything you're doing. And so he's saying it's a parakaleo. And, and that word para is the same word where we get the word parasite. How many of you know parasites are very close to you if you have one? We can just say amen to that, right? Just give me an amen. Amen. That's right, right? Tapeworms, hallelujah. You know, so like... Some of you ate cookie dough, didn't you? No, I'm kidding. Um, but, you know, a parasite doesn't get any closer than that. It lives within you. It feeds off you. It's not a good thing, right? But this is where that word comes from. It's that para. It's that 
part of it where it's connected, it's close, it's, it's ebbing and flowing with you, it's living with you. And that para means to be alongside, side by side. Jesus was alongside, constantly beside the disciples, walking and, t- and talking, but so will the Holy Spirit be with us. Listen, the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit wants to be para next to you in every way. Not just tonight, not just during worship, not just when you're doing good. Listen, God is not mad at you. He's not sad, he's not disappointed, he's not hoping that you could just get that under control so he could be proud of you. God is so, he's a glad God. He loves you, he's crazy about you. He's not stuck on your failures. He, he has, this is what I've learned and so, I mean, I grew up in church and I never heard messages like this. It's so sad, I think about it now. And maybe you haven't either, maybe you haven't. Praise God, you've had the right people around you. But God looks at the weakness of our lives and he goes straight for the yes in us. And so it doesn't matter how much our failures are, if we are saying yes to him and we really mean it and our lives are, we're really following him, not just like a, I prayed the prayer and if I blow it tonight, I'll pray the prayer tomorrow, but I'm talking about our behavior begins to change because we want him, but we're still kind of failing because we try and we're human and stupid things happen. You know what I mean? Because the Bible says God came for the for the, un, or the unmeditated sin, but he also came for the premeditated sin. You know the stuff that we do when we know we're doing it and we shouldn't be doing it? You smile at me, it's okay. I don't know, I can't see it. I'm not that kind of prophet, you know? You're like, yeah, I'm smiling. But listen, God came for the premeditated stuff, the stuff that you know when you get home tonight you wanna do and you shouldn't do. Isn't that cool? Not cool that you wanna do that, but it's cool that he came for that. So, you know, ultimately, he wants to be so close to us and, 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 and he wants to see that yes in us and he's desperate to see that yes in us to encourage us. He wants to walk alongside of us. But that second part of this word, and I've studied this word for many, many years, is the word kaleo. Can you say kaleo? kaleo. Say kaleo. It's not a drink. It's just kaleo, okay? And that kaleo is such a key word. It's really the meaning of the call, the calling. It means, it means to call one, to beckon one, to plead with one. It means to call someone to do something. Listen, the Bible says in Ephesians chapter four, verse one, it says to, it says to live a life worthy of the calling you've received. Live a life worthy of the kaleo you've received. Listen, God has called you to something. I don't care what your past is. I don't care what your background is. I don't care what your personality is. You don't get a free pass on this. God's not, well, you know what? If, if nobody else shows up, then I'll use you. I gotta get somebody out there, you know? If I can use a donkey, I'd like to use you, you know? No, God is crazy about us. He's ready to demonstrate his glory in us. He's not hoping, well, you know, I'll work it out. No, no, he's worked it out. He, he sent his own son to die on a cross to work it out so that we could have a calling that not just fills our life, but it, it fills us in such a way that it impacts others. Listen, the call on your life doesn't change the value of your life, but it will always change the effectiveness of your life. And so your value, if you have a beat up penny or you have a brand new shiny penny, what's the value? The same thing, right? That's our value never changes, but your effectiveness will. And let me tell you, some of us, we feel very valuable in God, but we sit back and we don't ever walk in our calling. We don't, and some of you are so bored 
Because you're, you just pray the same prayer, you sing the same song, but you're never actually living a life that says, God, what do you want me to do today? And you're doing it. And that's what he's asking us to, not so we can do it all alone, all alone and they can laugh at us in heaven and go, that was a good try. But that we do it with him, we're partnering with him and we're never alone in it again. I just love that thought that we're like never alone again. Like ever, isn't that such a cool thought? I'm never alone again. He's always with me. I'm never alone. So it's that kaleo to us. To this you were kaleo. To this you were called. Each of us carrying a seed of destiny. Each of us carrying a seed of gifts and graces that only we have, that our generation requires from us. Your generation requires something of you. Listen, you wasting your life, you are hurting your generation. You living for yourself, you are hurting your generation. You thinking that you can casually go do this and this, listen, you will hurt your marriage and then in turn hurt the church because the world is looking for life in us, something that has value and substance. And so we have to look at that and say, you know, I I no longer live for me, but I live for Christ and Christ has something that I want to live for. So we all have a primary calling. You know, I think about me, I'm, my callings are to be a wife because I'm married and so that's just the reality. I can't look at it like, well, I got married, got that done, let's, what's next? Like, I gotta nurture my marriage, you know? Like, I made dinner tonight, it was good, huh? And so like, I made, because I'm Italian and we gotta feed men, you know, it's good for him. And I, every time I get pregnant, I always tell him, you're looking thin. And he's like, you say that every time you're pregnant. But um. You know, I, I'm, I, I'm nurturing this relationship because if I don't have a good marriage, I got nothing, right? If I got a husband that's sitting in a seat going, she, she doesn't live that, that'd be horrible, right? I mean, the worst person you wanna live with is feeling like your spouse thinks you're a hypocrite. And so I nurture this, but not just because of that, because I love him and I do, but I nurture my relationship with him because I know that when I stand before God, I will be accountable for how I treated his son, he is a, he's a brother to me. He's not just a husband. He is a man that God entrusted his heart to me and his life in a way to me. And it's my responsibility to love him in such a way that when I stand before God, God goes, how'd you do with your kaleo? And I go, you know, it was a good first five years, but after that, I just kind of, no. I, I was true to the calling of a wife to serve him and love him, Right? Some of you will get that later. You're going to need that. Secondly, and all the guys are like, yep, no. Um, (laughs) Preach it. We got to have her back. Um, And then um, to my kids, you know, I have three boys currently. I mean, currently two of them, because the other one can't walk yet. They mostly like to wear their underwear and capes. I don't know why, um, but mostly like to wear underwear and capes. And every once in a while, they'll grace me and put clothes on. And, um, but boys are, you know, boys are yucky. Can I say that since I just like, you know, I grew up with girls. I had a twin sister and I had a mom and I have an Italian dad who's almost a girl. And like, we are, it was very female, very female, you know? And so I got married to this guy who is a guy's guy. I mean, he's, he grew up with a brother and he's very just guy-ish. And I remember thinking like, is this how all guys are? Like, this is really wild. And I would just like look at him like, so when you say you're not thinking about anything, you're really not thinking about anything? You I mean, it's, it's really not an intro. I mean, because with a girl, if you say, I'm not thinking about anything, don't you dare walk away. 
You know what I mean? You are not a good friend. If you don't ask at least eight times, you're not a good friend. Right? Are you sure you're not okay? I can see you across the room, even though she's teaching, you know? And, and so that's what girls do. You do it to a guy, they don't like that. You know, they, you know if they're, they're fine. They're fine. So I'm like learning these things as I'm going, you know? Like when a guy says, oh, gross, don't ask. Don't, don't ask when a guy says, oh, gross. It is a different level. Do you know what I mean? Like for girls, it's like something spilled in the microwave. For a guy, it is, it's beyond. <laughs> So when I, in the other room and he says, oh, gross, I say, I just yell in the house, don't tell me, because I know I've been, I've been damaged by the things I've heard. <laughs> so, and my boys are that way now, too, and I, I keep a pretty good, you know, we're not going to be gross in the house, but they're just boys. Um, and so, you know, I got a call, but when I stand before God, I'm going to be like, God's going to go, how'd you do with your boys? And I'm gonna have to tell them, you know, I raised them well, I loved them, I fed them, I nurtured them, I prayed for them, I, I you know, I spanked them, hallelujah, you know, and I, it's gonna happen, guys, it's gonna happen in a godly way, I'm smiling the whole time. And, um, you know, but, but we nurtured them, we loved them, you know, spare the rod. You know, the Bible says don't spare the rod. And, and I'm saying that, well, you know, this isn't a parent class, but you know, ultimately, I'll stand before God for how I treat them. If I treat them like I'm shuffling them around and trying to get them out of my life so I can really have a life, that's horrible. They're, they're souls. They could be the next Billy Graham or they could be the next incredible dad. It doesn't really matter. I want them to have full lives. I will stand before God for that. I will also stand before God for preaching the word of God because I feel like that's a call on my life to preach the word. I love the word. I was never good at the word. I, I had learning disabilities my whole life. I, I could never read out loud when I graduated high school. I was a horrible speller. No one could read anything I wrote. I was very, very ADD in everything I did. I, I couldn't sit and read. You know, you could, I just couldn't sit and read. It was like I was constantly distracted. And when God said, you have a call, I have a call in your life, I thought, you're, you're, it's the wrong twin, God. She's right next to me. You know, <laughs> go ahead. We look alike. And, um, and I thought, I'm the girl on the yellow brick road. You know, I'm just, I don't have it together. Pick somebody who has it together. And God just said, it's okay. Your hands look empty right now, but you wait. Your hands will be overflowing one day. And I said, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to trust you in that because I can't fake it. I can't fake intelligence. <laughs> It's hard, trust me. <laughs> you ever been around somebody who fakes intelligence? It's yucky, you know? So ultimately, I will stand before God for that. I will stand before him when he says, Havilah, when I put the word in your mouth that you exhort. You know, there's a young, there's a woman named Phoebe in the Bible that would travel for Paul and she would read his letters and she would exhort the church with his letters. That's what I feel like my role is in the church. I don't lead, I'm not in government of leadership and that's okay. And that's kind of my role is just to exhort. I exhort with the word and I'm happy with that. But I will live in that kaleo. I will live in that call. Did you exhort with the word? Did you live in it, Havilah? Did you bow down to the fear of man? Did you wallow in self-pity? Did you wonder if you weren't good enough so you just waited until somebody else stepped up and you missed the window of really being used in your generation because you were selfish and you were insecure and it came down to pride because you didn't want to mess up in front of somebody. You didn't want to look stupid in front of somebody. So you'd rather just wait till you had it all together and you waited and you waited and you waited and it never happened. You know, one thing you gotta, if you wanna be used of God, the first thing you gotta do is be okay with failure. Failure, I mean real failure. I'm talking about embarrassing sweats. That was embarrassing, we're all embarrassed. Now let's try that again. That kind of stuff, you know? But you gotta be willing to put yourself out there. You gotta live. 
You can't sit back and wait for somebody. We, you know, we have all these like, and this is, you know, we have all these stupid TV shows that's kind of like you get the call on the phone. Come to Hollywood, we're about to make your face over, you know? Oh my gosh, you know? Or come to Hollywood, we're about to like make you an instant star. And it is a disservice for us in the church because that is not how the call of God works in our lives, guys. You're not gonna get a call that one day God thinks you're great and you're never gonna have to work. You're never gonna have to change your behavior. You're never gonna have to do the hard work. You're never gonna have to overcome a trial. You're never gonna have to tame your attitude. You're never gonna have to actually work on your lust problem. You're never gonna have to work on your selfishness. Oh, no, no, you just wait. When God wants to use you, you'll be lifted up and everyone will just praise and it'll be wonderful. No, no, God wants vessels that look like him. And looking like him means being shaped like him, which means we got a lot of work because none of us came out of the womb looking like God, and I've got some pretty cute kids. And they have, they have I don't have to teach them how to be knuckleheads. I don't have to be, now if you wanna be disobedient, what you're gonna do is I, I'm gonna tell you this, and you're gonna say, I don't wanna do that. Okay, let's try it again. When God tells you to do something, the first thing you wanna do is, I don't wanna do that. Right? I don't wanna do that. Why would I wanna do that? That sounds horrible. Why would I want to obey you? I want to go watch TV. I don't want to go there. I don't want to talk to that person. I don't want to talk to anybody right now. I don't even look cute today. Why would I talk to anybody? Right? That's our natural tendency. And so we're molding us and shaping. But listen, when we look at this, and this is what I want to get to, is that not only will you be responsible to walk before God for the kaleo that's on your life, and God doesn't give free passes for personality or for backgrounds, but the kaleo, the Bible says, is that the Holy Spirit has a kaleo. The same calling you have on your life, the Holy Spirit's calling is, and you know what his kaleo is? Is to walk alongside us. And he will stand before the Father and Jesus, who are up in heaven right now. God the Father is sitting on the throne. Jesus is sitting right, standing right next to him, and they're watching it all play out, and they played their role. They did what they needed to do. Jesus died a gruesome death, took all the sin of, our, of us on him, died on the cross, paid the price, offered the free gift of salvation, but not only salvation, but eternity with him forever and ever and ever to live with him. And they're sitting there, and they're going, let's watch this epic story take place. And then they go, now go, Holy Spirit. Could you imagine Jesus ascends up to heaven, right? Jesus, having been resurrected, goes up to heaven. The angels watch him. He floats up, right? And then I could just see it. Can you guys see it? He gets up to heaven. He's standing by the throne of the Father. They're high-fiving, you know, body-hugging. This is awesome. We did it. This was amazing. You're alive. I thought you were going to leave me, but you didn't. This is amazing, you know? And then he looks at the Holy Spirit and he goes, go. The Holy Spirit's like, it's my turn. They go, you're, you're part of the second act. Go. And the Holy Spirit goes to earth, right? They're up in the upper room. They're praying, you know, they're just singing, you know, you know, Lord, I lift your name on high. You know, they're just singing this old song, you know, and going, I don't feel much. You feel much? I don't feel much. And then all of a sudden, tongues of fire hit them. This, this physical presence fills their bodies and they begin to speak into a language that only the Holy Spirit can understand. But not only that, it wasn't just the language, which is great, and I'm not caught up in all that. What I'm caught up in is that their lives were changed forever, and they lived as empowered beings on the earth, and they were no longer alone, and they lived as if Jesus was standing next to them, but now he was living within them. And they were going, what do we do? And they weren't looking by themselves. They were going, what do we do? And they were asking, and the Holy Spirit within them was going, go here, do this, respond to this, sing this, pray this, come on. 
Let's make Jesus known on the earth. And that takes practice, but listen, it's his kaleo to do that. And so I wanna encourage you with that thought. Part of that kaleo is that, that word coach is actually part of that meaning, which means the Holy Spirit is actually called to coach you in your life. You go, I don't know, I didn't have a good dad. That's okay. I don't know, I had a really messed up child. That's okay. I don't know, my pastor's never, I mean, he barely says hi to me, you know, only if I have lipstick on. Well, that's okay. You don't need anybody else. You have the Holy Spirit living within you. Listen, I had this thought tonight as I was sitting on my couch thinking about this message. I was thinking, the same Holy Spirit that was living in Billy Graham is living within me. The same Holy Spirit that was in incredible men of God and women of God that we go, wow, that was really cool. They must have had something. No, they didn't. They had the same thing that's living within us. They just got really good at listening to him. Most of us don't really wanna hear what he has to say right? We'd much rather worship a God far away and let me do my life. And then when I need you, like I need help on the test, I'll cry like a baby and pray that you show up. But living with the Holy Spirit is understanding first that he is your partner. He's your coach. Jesus coached the disciples. He didn't just say, now let me sit down and give you an eight hour message and take notes because you're going to need this. No, no. He said, okay, when you go to a city, take two by two, you two go. Okay, uh, when you're gonna, you know, cast out demons, is how you're gonna do it. When you, you know, go into a city and they don't receive you, guess what? Dust your feet off and keep going. And he was coaching them through it. He even at times would say, go do this, and then he would say, come back and report to me. And so they would go and try, and then they'd come back and they would report to him. This is what happened, and he would answer them. This is what the Holy Spirit wants to do in your life. Listen, you wanna know who to marry? You better have the Holy Spirit in your life. may take some time, but good meat takes marination, you know? It may take some time, but the Holy Spirit wants you to grow up and be ready. I'm just being honest. I waited 25 years, and I wanted a husband for 10 of those. I was like every other woman. I had every need every other woman has. I would have loved to have been on dates and roses and the whole thing. And I waited on God. I said, God, I am not going to mess around. I want your best for me. And I was not a popular choice. People mocked me. They wondered what, you know, what's going on. My, finally, my mom finally said, isn't there anybody, Havilah? Like, have you seen anybody you think you could marry? I was like, is this really where we're at? I mean, really? <laughs> because I, I didn't know we were at this place, you know? And, um, but I waited on the Holy Spirit because I knew he loved me. And I knew that he knew what I really needed. And I knew I was dangerous on my own. You're dangerous on your own. Listen, you, you're dangerous on your own. You just might as well just come to grips with that. Stop thinking that you're fooling yourself. You're not, you are dangerous. It's the hardest person to hear God for is yourself. Just write that down. The hardest person to hear God for is myself. It's nearly impossible because you have a lot of agendas. You just do, you have a lot of agendas, you have a lot of wants, you gotta get one, a lot of things resolved. And so I would say to you is this, the Holy Spirit wants to partner with you in such a way that when Ben came into my life, I didn't, I wasn't like, oh, there he is, there he is, hallelujah, watch out ladies, that one's mine. You know, I didn't have that. He was a nice guy, I thought he looked safe, which at that point you're looking for, because safety is a factor when you're 25, you know? And I'm kidding, you'll get, when you're 25, you'll think that's funny. And, um, and so I looked and I thought, wow, but I, 
when I began to meet him and know him, I began to love the spirit within him and the Holy Spirit said, this is what you've been waiting for. You weren't waiting for somebody you could, and this is what someone gave me and I, I don't know why I'm giving you this counsel, but maybe there's somebody in this room that needs to hear this. Type A people are wonderful to minister with, but you don't necessarily wanna live with them. Some of us get caught up in who we wanna minister with and what the right picture is, but they're not, it's not who you wanna live with. Trust me, you wanna live with somebody that has a heart and, and you get and, and they love you in such a way. So the Holy Spirit, I'm, I have trusted him in so many areas of my life. In seven years of, of my high school years, I gave up no dating. I said, God, I just, wanna, I just wanna seek you. I wanna be after you. And I just think there are times in our lives when we have to say, Holy Spirit, what do you want? And we have to finally just say, I'm not gonna do what the crowd's doing. I'm off the time clock. I don't have to get the job, have the marriage, have the baby, make sure I've got this car, got this. We gotta get off the cycle of that because the Lord is not gonna use us when we have everything together. He wants us to trust him. The Holy Spirit leads us in ways we could never imagine, but it's the right thing and he's trustworthy. So he, it's the kaleo of the Holy Spirit is to be with us. Secondly is this in verse 17, I want you to underline this is that he was the spirit of truth. It says, even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive but sees him not, neither knows him, uh, but you know him. Underline that spirit of truth because the Holy Spirit in your life is gonna lead you to truth. Listen, you are trying to figure out what kind of major you want in your life. You're trying to figure out what you should do next, where you should go, what you should be. Holy Spirit, lead me into truth. It's interesting, when Jesus was sitting up there with the people, with the disciples, I think about this. Could you imagine, like, I feel like sometimes we over-spiritualize these things, but I feel like we just gotta be really honest about these things, like really think about it and not like, oh, I would believe. No, you wouldn't, you know? <laughs> We're all like, well, that's weird. But could you imagine him saying, I'm about to leave and I'm gonna send a spirit and this spirit's gonna fill you. Wouldn't that be just weird? Well, how am I gonna know? Is it, when's it gonna fill me, when I'm sleeping? Am I, is my voice gonna change, you know? Am I gonna be a man, you know, like, what's going on, God? And he goes, the Spirit's gonna come and fill you. But he keeps telling them over and over and over, listen, it's a spirit of truth, which means it's got the truth that you need, it's gonna lead you to me, it's gonna lead you to me, it's gonna lead you to me. Listen, if people come in the name of the Lord but it doesn't lead you to Jesus, they didn't come in his name. You're listening to a great speaker, but they rarely ever say the name of Jesus and they never talk about the cross. I'm not talking about a pastor that leads and teaches you in certain things because they have, they have to lead you in full, the full word. But I'm talking about people that are literally, you're following with, with passion. You want something that is unique. You, they need, Jesus needs to be the center. Not them, not their personality, not what they think. It's what does Jesus think? Because the Holy Spirit will lead you to that. Listen, most of the time, the Holy Spirit will lead you to the cross immediately in your life. You sit down, have a quiet time with him, come into a worship service, go somewhere. The first thing you're gonna deal with is, have I surrendered everything today? Have I really dealt with my life? Have I dealt with my heart? Have I been honest? Do I have the wrong motives? Oh, that's, yeah, I got the wrong, okay, God. Take me to the cross. Okay, God, show me again what you did for me. Remind me, because this sin is really, really overwhelming me. I'm pretty embarrassed. Or I'm so self-sufficient that I'm kind of wondering why you did it. Remind me again. 
And the Holy Spirit leads us to the cross and then he goes, now get up, let's go. And let's go and do something. And some of us wanna sit at the cross and just like pay penance at the cross. I gotta cry. If I, if I go to a prayer meeting, I gotta cry. If I don't cry over my sin, then it doesn't mean anything. Stop it. It's not an emotional journey. It's this journey of faith. You go in with faith. You respond to him in faith. God, I know you've done this. With tears or without it, you still did it. Whether I feel forgiven or not, it doesn't matter. You did it. And we get caught up in the feeling of it. And yet God wants us to know that he is the spirit of truth. I want you, if you've got your Bibles, I'm gonna just give you a few verses and I want you to see this. And this is so cool. In verse 18, it says, even every time we say spirit of truth or comforter, I want you to underline it. It says in verse 18, even the spirit of truth whom the world um, cannot receive because he sees him not, neither knows him, but you know him for he dwells with you and shall be with you. Then you jump down to verse 17. It says, but I will pray to the father and he shall give you another Comforter, underline that word, that he may abide with you forever. Even the spirit of truth, underline that, whom the world cannot receive because he sees him not, neither knows him, but you know him for he dwells with you and shall be with you. Then jump down to verse 26. For, but the comforter, underline that again, who is the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring you all things to remembrance, whosoever I have said unto you. Now go to the next chapter, chapter 15, verse 26. He's, he's on a theme, guys. He's trying to tell us something. He says, but the comforter has come, who I will send you from the Father, even the spirit of truth. Hey, hey, hey. He said it three times already. Comforter, spirit of truth, three times. Hey, guys, I want you to know this is who's coming. <laughs> this is important, these guys. And then he goes on. Verse six, chapter 16, he goes to the next chapter. We're in three chapters now. Verse 13, it says, but he, the spirit of truth is come and he will guide you. This is a key word and we'll close with this. I want you to circle that word guide. He will guide you. That word is actually just like a tour guide. If you're, mountain, if you're in the mountains and someone's t taking you through a trail, that is what the Holy Spirit does. He guides us into things. He leads us. We may not be able to see what's next, but he's leading us in it and he's guiding us. The Bible says in Romans 8, verse 14, it says, for all who are led by the Spirit are of God are sons of God. That is not the correct way that we as Americans look at that verse. Actually, the way that that's supposed to be translated is for all who are by the Spirit of God, excuse me, for all who by the Spirit of God are being led are sons of God. So you have to be being led. It's, it's a process. We're in the midst of being led. Then we become sons of God. Not, hey, I got led once. He showed me the cross and then I'm a son of God. No, no. It's the process of being led. I'm a follower of God. Really, where'd you follow him today? I serve God. Really, what did you, how'd you serve him? What'd you do? I'm not talking about actions. I'm just talking about surrender. I'm talking about doing the stuff, getting in there, being honest, saying, I want to live a life worthy of this calling I've received. It's, it's got two meanings to it. The word led, is, it means this. It's an agricultural term, and it means to wrap a rope around a neck of an animal and take the other end and walk them around. Have you ever been to Mexico or another foreign country and have you ever seen an old lady with an old with a cow? Or a bull or whatever, right? I'm probably not a bull. That's gonna be crazy. But, you know, a rope around the neck, right? And this little old lady is walking around with this cow. And you go, you know, if that cow wanted to run, 
she'd be in trouble. Like that would not be good for her. But the cow stays with her. And usually you'll see them in a field. They're kind of walking around and then she goes and gets them and then she'll walk them again. How come the cow stays with her? Why does the cow stay with her? He's, he's eight times, you know, 10 times, you know, bigger, strong. I mean, there's so much he's, he's got. The reason the cow stays with the little old lady is because she led him at a very young age. And she taught him, this is where we're walking. I got the rope, I can choke you, you know, and let's walk. And she walked him around. This is, is what I want you to get tonight. As a young believer in Christ, he begins to lead you. Remember, remember when he tugged on your heart to get rid of that thing? Remember when he said, you gotta stop talking like that? Remember when he said, don't go there, don't hang out, don't, you gotta, you need me. Remember, everything in the Bible God tells us to do is only to benefit us. It doesn't benefit him. We live, a, a, we live for God, yes, but when he says don't in the Bible, it's not so that he goes, well good, I'd like good kids, no. He does it because it's to benefit us. We reap what we sow, the Bible says. How we live, we will live those lives that we've sowed. And every time we obey God, we will benefit from. Let me tell you that. Listen, every time you obey God, every time you do the right thing, every time you surrender to him, it is never a waste. Not once. You are, listen, serving God is this. Step by step, bit by bit, Yes by yes. Everything, we, God, I don't just surrender and I'm done. Yes, God, I'll do it today. Yes, I will be nice to that person. Yes, I will be nice to, you know, I will smile. Yes, I will say no to that. I will not do that again. I will not look at that. I will not, and it's just slowly by slowly by slowly we turn around. We've got a huge path behind us. We've been doing it, but we're doing it. So the cow grows and he grows and he grows. I think that's what happens to us spiritually. We begin to grow, we begin to see him but we still need to be led in such a way that no matter how strong we look like, no matter how great we look, when the Holy Spirit says, mm -mm, come this way, we go, I'm done, I'm, I'm with him. Oh, you thought, no, no, I'm with him. I'm going with him because I've walked with him for a really long time and I trust him. And I've walked on my own and I can't feed myself, clothe myself, get myself anywhere. I'm a mess. I, got, I, I lead myself into addictions. I lead myself into to, 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 to things that, that ruin my mind, that ruin my body, that ruin my soul. And he's the only one that's gonna protect me because God's another comforter and that's him. If Jesus walked in the room tonight and he said, I want you to do this, you would go, I would do it. Listen, he is. From the inside out, he's doing it. And it's our choice if we want to respond to him, but he already is doing that. So Lord, we come to you tonight. I thank you, Holy Spirit, you're here. I thank you that for so many years I, I battled in my mind wondering if you were mad or if I was worthy to, to hear your voice. I just, I battled for so long wondering if I was ever going to hear you and if I was ever going to feel close to you. And, and then you begin to just, shake down those walls so that I could begin to understand that it wasn't about me. It was about you. It wasn't about if I was worthy. You were worthy. And so Holy Spirit, I ask tonight that you would begin to awaken us into a, a partnership with you, into walking with you, that parakaleo, alongside of you, God, we wanna be with you. Lord, I pray for every man and every woman who 
right now is wondering what the next step is in their life. They're wondering if they should go to school. They're wondering if they're gonna pass this. They're wondering if they should go home. They're wondering if they should go get this job or quit this job or date this person or do this. God, I pray, Holy Spirit, you would begin to wake them up in their relationship with you that only you know what's best for them. And I come against every lie of the enemy that would say that you are not speaking to them because that is a lie from the pit of hell. You are speaking to them. You love them. They are not second best, second choice. You're not looking them over because of what they've done. No, no, you are looking straight at them and your eyes are love and your eyes are fire because you are passionate about them. So Holy Spirit, we just commit to walk with you. I want you just to, as your eyes are closed and then we'll go into ministry, I want you just to say to the Holy Spirit in your own words, I want to live with you. I wanna I wanna be with you, I wanna walk with you. I don't wanna quench you, I don't wanna run ahead of you. I'm tired of trying or wondering. I just, I wanna be with you, God, step by step, bit by bit, yes by yes. I wanna be with you, God. Lord, I surrender my will to you. I, I don't wanna, I don't wanna do what I wanna do and then turn around and ask you what you think of it. I wanna surrender to you and not move until you say yes. So I ask you to come and do that. If you said that, I just want you to lift your hands to him just for a minute saying, I, I said that, I need that. Holy Spirit, just come right now. That's good, hands all over the room. We're just saying, we want you, God, a new level of, of intimacy and walking with you, a new level of direction, a new level of saying, I want you, God, I wanna be with you, I wanna know you, I'm, I'm tired of doing this on my own, or I'm tired of, of wondering, or, or I just need to be closer to you, and I feel like I'm, I've let you in, but I, I know there's other areas, and I just wanna be, I wanna be committed to 100% obedience, and I'm kinda like 80% right now. And I just wanna say yes to you, God. Fill them up tonight, God. Speak to their hearts tonight. You love them. You're with them, God. They're not alone, God. Speak to them tonight, Jesus. Spirit of God. Spirit of God. Come even now. Come even now.